0: a life that is with true connection to God. And we'll use John chapter 4, verse 23 through 24 to help us with that discussion. And so if you have your Bibles, let's turn there. We'll read together. started flickering and flashing and we were not able to actually connect in the way that i desired i knew there was nothing wrong with me i knew there was nothing wrong with the tv so there must have been something wrong with our connection and so i decided to look at some of the wire uh, that was in that television and started to see that uh there was a connection that was that wasn't quite right the power wasn't quite connected the way that it actually needed to be connected. So I reconnected the wiring. I restarted that computer, restarted the Apple TV that was connected to it. And then I sat down again, and now I was able to see what I was trying to see. I was able to watch the movie that I was actually trying to watch. And I get that illustration is because when we actually think about our relationship with God, you know, God is fully functioning. You and I are fully functioning. But there are times where we are not as connected with God as we can be. You know, and it's something that happens with the wiring that is between us. And I want to discuss, you know, the things that actually help us to be fully functional with God, to have a better connection with God. And I think that this passage of Scripture just articulates what we need to know about how we are to be connected with God in such a great way. Um, When we read this passage, we're looking at uh, John chapter 4, verses uh, 23 through 24 again. And, uh, you know, just to give us some context, I'm sure we all know that this book was written by uh, one of the apostles of John who actually walked with him, you know, while he was on this earth. And he began to record some of the life and some of the sayings that Jesus Christ would actually give to the people. And one of the reasons why he said that he recorded all these things is that he gave us this purpose statement that is told in John chapter 20, verse 31. He says, I have written these things so that you may believe in the name of Jesus Christ and that by believing you might have life in his name. And so everything that we are reading in the book of John is supposed to help us to believe more fully in in Jesus Christ himself. It's supposed to help us to understand how believing in him gives us more life. And I love what what John actually told us also in chapter 10 of verse 10, he says that Jesus Christ came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. It talks about this eternal life, but also a life in this world that is more full, that is more complete than we could ever imagine with than we have without him. And uh, so we're reading uh, the, the story of the Samaritan woman who connected with Jesus Christ at the well. And we're not reading the run-up of the story, but we are understanding that this woman was a Samaritan. Jesus Christ was of the Jewish lineage. And we understand also that the Jews and the Samaritans, as discussed in verse 9, they did not actually engage with one another. In fact, I'll read that verse before we get down to verse 23, just to give us a little bit of context. When Jesus Christ actually approached the Samaritan woman, she actually was surprised and she was shocked. And she asked this question, how is that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, who is a, a woman who is a Samaritan? And it begins to ask us some, some good questions if we don't know if we want to share this with others, is that why was this such a big deal? You know, why was it a big deal that she would ask Jesus Christ, you know, why are you asking me from a drink? Well, it was commonly understood in that culture is that the Jews were actually prejudiced to Samaritans. They didn't actually think that they were a worthy people and so they did their best to keep a hands distance away from them you know so much so that they wouldn't even try to engage in that time even if they were traveling through it even if they had to go on the other side of the town town they would figure out a way to actually detour their route around samaria just so they wouldn't engage with these people that they didn't feel were worthy to be in their presence. And so when Jesus Christ went to this, this common well that both the Samaritans and, and the Jews would use, he was intentional. You know, he was intentional to be able to share with us you know, some beautiful realities, intentional for us to understand that God is not going to detour any of us in any aspect of our life, but he's going to engage us so that we understand that God can be connected to the least of us. That God can be connected to us if we feel that we are not worthy or not appropriate to be in the presence of God. And so it's a, it's a true breakthrough moment, you know, for this Samaritan to actually feel that God actually valued her and actually appreciate her. You know, what a beautiful reality where God did was to, to help us to reimagine, to re-understand what it actually means to be the image of God. You know, the image of God is all of us understanding that God has put us on an equal standing and an equal footing as his created beings. And for all of us who understand that there is no respecter of person, that we are all on the same plane when God actually views us. So that's the context when we actually begin to understand this woman actually coming to God and, and receiving a revelation that is important to us. And as I begin to now move into like the the specific passage that we're going to discuss today, I'm looking at verse 23 because I want us to understand just how significant this season of time in our life really is. We're in the 21 days of prayer and we're in it for an intentional reason. We're in it for a reason to make sure that we are connected to God in a way that truly matters, in a way that actually allows us to understand how to hear from God and how for how God's actually hear directly from us and so when we think about that reality you understand that you know there was a conflict in this passage of scripture where the Samaritan woman began to dig deep into God through Jesus Christ because she wanted to know some specific things of how to be connected to God you know she asked the question in verses 20 for example that there will be a time that comes where when will the time, will we be able to understand where true worship is supposed to happen? You know, she asked that general question. She says, should it be on the Mount where we worship as Samaritans, Mount Gerizim, you know, or will it be the place where the Jews actually worship in the Temple of Jerusalem? And here's where we get that answer, where Jesus Christ begins to say that the hour is coming and the time is, in verse 23, where true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to actually worship him. And so as we understand what the answer of Jesus Christ there, what he is trying to get her to understand is that worship does not happen in a building. Worship does not happen in a location. Instead worship happens in some other kind of capacity. And I wanted to, to talk to us about that as well as is, is that it's almost like if you could, hear God even talk in our context he is giving us license and he's giving us freedom to actually worship even in this virtual capacity because he's saying to you is that you don't have to actually go to a specific location to a specific building to actually be connected to me you don't actually need uh, that kind of organization of religion to make sure that you are in my presence that you are doing things the right way you know I don't know how the Samaritans actually worshiped on that mount. I don't know if they went there uh, to make sure that they were doing their proper service to God, which is making sure that they gave the proper offerings and they gave the proper sacrifices so that they actually believed that God was actually acceptable, you know, from their perspective or that God would actually accept them just as they were. And I don't know... uh, I've never been a Jew to actually know what it looks like to actually worship in the temple, what it actually means to actually walk around and actually bring your goats and your your mules or your, your lamb offerings for God to actually be acceptable to you. But I do know what it actually means to be acceptable God as a Christian perspective because of Christ Jesus, where he is able to tell me because of the fact that he has come into this flesh to actually die on my behalf Now, if I actually believe in him, I am acceptable in the presence of God. I don't need to bring lambs and I don't need to bring bulls and I don't need to offer incense. I don't need to do things to appease a God so that I actually feel connected to him and so that he actually accepts me in any kind of way. All I have to do is actually invoke the name of Jesus Christ and recognize that God actually sent his only begotten son in this world so that I actually believe in him that actually gives me a license to now have a conversation with God in the way that God desires. And when God desires us to have this conversation, he begins to say to us in verse 23, that the hour is coming when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And I wanted to talk about that word worship because what God is saying to you and I with worship is that I am trying to give you a definition of what it actually means to be in right relationship with me. And it's about worship. And worship is this way where we are are prostrating and we are giving our all in a way toward God. It it is like our sacrifice. You know, it is our offering to him. And God says the two ways that you and I will worship properly in God is by spirit and also in truth. And when we talk about what it actually means to worship in spirit, Uh, We understand that, that when God is saying that we worship in spirit, he is saying to you and I that we must have a spiritual relationship with him. And I want to repeat that again, is that we must have a spiritual relationship with him. That's only one aspect of what it actually means to be a true worshiper, is to have a spiritual relationship. And when I think about the word spiritual, I understand that the word spiritual means intangible. It means things that you can't hold physically, the things that you can't taste, touch, smell, smell or hear in the physical realm of the senses. It's something that is outside that realm, outside that reality. And so God says that you must not see something, you must not hear something, you must not feel something, you must not taste something in order to, do, to be a true worshiper. Instead, you must actually experience something in the actual spiritual realm. And that's actually what it actually means to be a, a, a true worshiper is to have some kind of spiritual connection to God. So I wanted to give us a definition of spirituality as it actually is told in the scriptures. And I'm going to go to First Corinthians chapter two to do so. And so if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there with me, you can do so so that you can actually see an example and a definition. Of what the bible actually describes as it being spiritual in verse 9 of first corinthians chapter 2 the words of god says these things it says no eye has seen nor ear has heard nor has the heart of man imagine what god has prepared for those who actually love him these things god has revealed to us through the spirit there's that word again spirit and i want to remind us when god says spirit he He's saying to us, not through our eyes, not through our ears, not through the things that we taste, not through, through, through the things that we feel, not through our sense realm, but through our spirit. And God begins to say to us, for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, for who knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit of a person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but by by, taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths with those that are spiritual. And so when God begins to say to us that a true worshiper, a true person who actually wants to be connected to God must be an individual who actually worships God in spirit. You must have a spiritual relationship with God. It means that you must have the Holy Spirit within you, and you must be having that Holy Spirit connect to the spirit of God so that it can actually discern some things. Now, I want to pause here because one of the things that if you're ever around me, one of the things that you will always hear me ask you or ask in a group setting is what is God saying to you? Because I'm expecting that if you are a person who who has been in a relationship with God, has accepted him as, as Lord and Savior, which is the way that we actually receive the spirit of God, is by believing that God actually was raised from the dead. And God said, I will promise to actually pour my spirit into you. Because when you've done that, I'm expecting that you have a spiritual connection with God where God begins to reveal the things of himself to you. You know, because that's what the scriptures actually are saying. So I love to ask that question. And you may hear me even ask that question when we are in a community together. I'll ask you some certain things such as, you know, what is God saying to you in this area? Because God is supposed to be speaking to our spirit, speaking to us in a communicative way so that we have a direct line and a connection with him. But I'm reminded, as I said before, that sometimes our connection with God spiritually becomes disrupted, where there is something that is broken. And so when we have times and we are disconnected from God, what it means to be spiritual is understanding how to use the instruments of God's spiritual reality so that we actually stay connected. Prayer is one of the most significant realities to be able to help inform the spiritual relationship that we have with God. And so if you're an individual who believes that they are connected with God, but you are not a person who actually has a deep prayer life, there is an opportunity for you to be disconnected from God, even though God is present in your fake life. Because the prayer life is the way that God actually uses for us actually to communicate to him, and for him actually to communicate to us through the spiritual realm. And so when we actually feel as if we are disconnected with, from God where we have taken in too much of what's happening in the world and when we are going through certain circumstances that we feel that that God is not present in our life it may be a sign that you and I have a prayer life that is on empty a prayer life that is not full of the vibrancy that God actually desires for you and I to be spiritually connected with him and so that's why it's so important for us to have like this 21 day prayer challenge, where we can actually gather together as a community so that we can actually increase our prayer life to allow us to be people who are spiritually connected with God. And during this time, I wanted to continue to encourage us that during this prayer time, we may start at a at an empty level. We may start at a, at a level that is very, very low, but as we continue to engage with prayer, we'll get stronger and we should be able to start to communicate more to God and God should start to communicate back with us because our prayer life is being strengthened into that area. And so that's why it's just so important that we actually recognize the importance of prayer. You know, another aspect that that God calls spiritual is this aspect of fasting. It's another area where God begins to say, if you are deplete of a spiritual relationship with me where your spirit is not connecting my spirit and you're not hearing intimate things uh, through that connection, then you might actually need to fast a little bit. And fasting is important because it allows us to actually decrease in the area of our physical realm that always takes precedence. You know, that's that realm where I talk about where our eyes see, you know, where we hear, uh, where we feel, where we taste, you know, where we experience our sense realm. And God begins to say to us, if you decrease that area of your life, it enables the spiritual reality of your life to be increased. And that's why fasting is so important. So even while we are praying, sometimes you might need to Take it up a notch and say, well, I also need to fast as well so I can decrease the physical realm so I can increase the spiritual realm. Because fasting means that I'm going to try to tune in more spiritually to the things that God is actually doing in my life. And the other thing that I'm reminded through Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, is that God says to be full of the Spirit, to be continuously full of the Spirit, that actually we sing spiritual songs. You Know in, in my context as I grew up, I was always taught the praises go up, the blessings actually come down. You know, so that is a reminder to you and I is that there is something special that happens when we actually become spiritual worshipers through song. You know, that's why we probably get this reality where we equate worship to song, we would create worship to be able to sing in our voice because it's another vehicle where we actually are connected to God in a spiritual realm. You know, I love the fact that as we close this morning in prayer, you know, there was a song that was saying of how great thou art. And I, I started to sing that song to myself after we left the call, because it was a communication in the spiritual realm, just how great God is. And it can remind me of the goodness of God. And so I love to live my life in a way where I have my own soundtrack, per se, you know, where I actually can create a playlist about the things that I need to be connected to God in the spiritual realm. You know, there are times where I need to hear a song that says that God is able, you know, a song that actually tells me that the source of my life is Jesus Christ himself. It begins to build my spiritual capacity so that I am connected to God in that way so that my faith is also increasing because I'm hearing the words of God begin to tell me just how important God is. And just how much faith that I can actually have in him. I love to hear a song that just says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is my healer. You know, it reminds me that there are not just other sources in this world that can be a healer, but God himself has stated through his reality that he is the true healer of my life. And so I just want to remind us there when God is saying to us that true worshipers will worship him in spirit and truth, he is reminding us that our relationship with him is always spiritual in nature. That's one aspect. And if you and I want to understand what is spiritual, I want to remind us again, that spiritual means a prayer life, a vibrant prayer life. You know, a a spiritual life means a life that is actually connected by worshiping God in song, by being able to be connected in that kind of capacity. And also a, a spiritual life is a life of fasting. You know, a life where we actually decrease you know, from the areas of our life that are taking precedent and taking prominence. And I love the fact that we've also taken as a Christian um, institution to understand that fasting can also be done by decreasing areas that actually uh, are too busy in our life. You know, we have uh, cell phones and we have mobile phones and we have communicative devices Electronics that actually take up so much of our time that sometimes we probably need to fast from those because they are more prominent in our life than the spiritual reality of being connected with God. And so we need to decrease those areas and so we can actually take a, a fast you know, from our phones, a fast from our electronic devices so that we can actually now connect to God in a greater spiritual way. Now, that's not the only way that God says that we are true worshipers. When I use the word true worshipers, I mean a person who is truly connected with God, because I want to remind us is that you can be fully functioning as a person. God is fully functioning. You can be a strong believer and say, I believe in God, but you can also not be connected. Because just like I gave that illustration of my TV and electronics, everything can be working well, but the connection can just be off. And so I'm reminding us how to stay connected. And the first way, again, was that spiritual connection. Now, the second way that God says to you and I that we are connected uh, to God is by truth. And I wanted to read that again by reading verse 23. It says, but the hour is coming, and now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father, both in spirit and also, secondly, now in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to actually worship him. And so when we talk about this word truth, you know, we can actually understand that it primarily means the voice of God, you know, primarily means his communicative method. And so the truth of God is, is, not just facts. It's not just information, but it's also God's original intent of how he actually designed things that the reality of our life must now be aligned to. And much of our truth will actually come from the Bible in, of itself. But I want to remind us here, as we are reading this passage, the Samaritan woman at this well did not have a Bible. You know, she actually had Jesus Christ to actually be the explicit truth. And so ultimately, I want to remind us that Jesus Christ is the ultimate truth. You know, he is the one that actually informs the word of God. The word of God doesn't inform Jesus Christ. And so there are experiences that you and I need to recognize that I always want to make sure that I am understanding God's intent, not from just facts and and knowledge as the Bible actually says it, but I actually need to see it. Through the lens of Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, resurrection, through the gospel itself, through the intent of who Jesus Christ is for my life and also for all of eternity. You know, that's asking some important questions. You know, it's asking questions such as, you know, when the world actually begins to tell me that, you know, I don't I feel sick in my body and I experience sickness and pain. You know, where do I go through for truth? You know, where do I understand that? In the beginning, God says that my name itself is a name that actually means healing. You know, it is a name that said that tells you and I that whenever I need something, I'm supposed to go to him who is true, not just all the other things that the world actually provides for me. And so we've been reading, you know, James chapter five over the last couple of weeks to remind us and refresh us that God tells us that when we are sick, you know, we shouldn't just go to 911. We shouldn't just dial 911 or we shouldn't just uh, go to our prescriptions and we shouldn't just go to our pharmacies or go to the hospitals, even though those are great things. The very first thing that we need to understand is that God's intent, God's first truth was to understand that he himself wanted to be our healer, that he himself has an answer for the issues that we are dealing with in our life. And as we go to him, we actually read his truth. And we actually begin to see the things that he is actually saying to us so that it begins to inform us of how to worship God in that area of our life. And so we read those passages and it informs us and reminds us, okay, let me pray because the word of God is telling me if I am sick, I should pray. And the prayer of faith will begin to save me. And now it does not mean that God might not tell me through the spirit of God himself to begin to use the other means of life that he is providing. He might actually... Tell me to go to the pharmacy. He might also share with me that you need to dial 911 and receive medical care. But I'm still first placing my trust in the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth of his word, because he is the Alpha and the Omega. When we talk about truth, you know, the scriptures remind us that everything was made by him and for him, and that him is Jesus Christ. You know, he is the beginning of God's creation. You know, he is the beginning of God's truth. He is the beginning of God's words. You know, we're not going to dial to all these scriptures today and actually turn to them. But I want to remind you of things such as John chapter one, verse one, that says in the beginning, the word was God and the word was with God. And so he's telling us that the beginning of all truth was Jesus Christ himself. He's both the truth of God and he's also the physical incarnation of god himself in the flesh that came to actually save us from sin and so when we understand his truth and we start to see it aligned in the scriptures we're understanding that god's physical reality was also a word itself and they're one and the same that also must always be equatable and actually true to our life amen amen and so i just wanted to continue to help us to understand the truth of god because the thing that we're doing during these this 21 days of prayer is we're combining both aspects. And I wanna remind us to combine both aspects as well in our life. Whenever you see us pray, you know, during these 21 days, I'm always starting with a biblical word, a word of God's truth because it actually speaks to what John chapter four verse 23 says is that we worship him, not just in prayer, not just in a spiritual aspect, And not just also in God's word, we worship him with a combination of them both. We worship him both in his word and also we worship him in a spiritual realm. And so when we actually are praying, we should always be going to the truth of God to be able to be informed of how we should pray. And when we pray, we should always be pointing ourselves back to what God actually says in his word so that we are consistent to understand the will of God. You know, when we we are understanding what God wants to do in our life, He does things according to his will, not just according to the things that we desire. He is always consistent in that kind of way. And when we pray, we should always be understanding that the will of God will be found in his word so that we can actually pray those things out in our life. And so I believe, you know, when we read scriptures, you know, such as James chapter 5, verse um, 16, and begins to tell us that there's tremendous power in prayer, we can actually take stock in those words and say, Lord, because you said that there's tremendous power in prayer, that's what I believe. And I'm going to tell you back that there's tremendous power in prayer. I'm going to be spiritual with you in my prayer life so that you actually know that I actually believe your truth. Amen, amen, amen. Now, we'll, we'll need to, to break this down you know, consistently and understanding what that means in our life because I wanted to share with you that every time that I'm in need from God, or everything that I want from God, I try to find out what God's biblical truth says about it so that I can actually pray that back in a spiritual way to God. And so if I am restless, for example, and I need to recognize that I've been up for a couple of days, well, does God's word say anything about giving me rest? Guess what? It does. It actually says in passage of scripture where God actually gives his beloved even sleep. And so I will actually take that passage to God I read in your word that you told a psalmist at one point in time that you would actually give him sleep and ask him a question. Lord, could that be true for me? You know, you would tell me that there, you are no respecter of persons. And so if you are enabling this psalmist to know that you give his beloved sleep. Lord, ask that you give me sleep as well. And I actually not just read it in this word. Then I get on my knees. I begin to ask God, Lord, can you actually give me rest? Can you give me sleep? just as this word says. So I am being a worshiper, both in spirit and truth. I'm not just reading it and actually taking it for my life. Now I'm also becoming spiritual by actually being able to pray to God for that issue. And that might be uh, one of the reasons why we have been effective in our first 14 days of prayer, where we've been able to hear God answer us because we are not just asking things according to the things that we desire. But we are trying to always find out what is God's will say about it in His truth so that our prayer life begins to align to the truth of what God actually is, is doing in our life. Amen. As I read this next passage, I, I wanted to re- remind us about what it means to be a worshiper again. And it means to be a, a true worshiper is that we're both spiritual and we're also people who go to God's original intent through truth. And then also. As we become spiritual people, God says this in verse 23b, the the later half of it, is that the Father is seeking such people to actually worship him. And I love that word for us to circle maybe in our own Bibles or highlight or write in your words, that word seek, S-E-E-K, seek, seek, seek. And because I love that word seek, because it reminds me that God does not pursue us to be worshipers we are actually to pursue him as worshipers you know god is calling us and say hey this is your responsibility you know i'm looking for people who actually are going to be worshipers of me that's what i desire you know i desire for people to have a heart that loves me to be connected to me to want to actually be in a spiritual relationship with me people who actually come to me for their for my word and actually are pursuing it with, with their life, you know, those are the individuals that I seek. And when I think about seeking itself, you know, I think about the fact that I sought my wife, <laughs> you, know, she, you know, she didn't necessarily seek me, I actually had to go seek her. And I remember that the, the, the last year that I was in graduate school, she was uh, thousands of miles away from me. And so every month, and sometimes every two weeks, I would actually seek her by actually driving up there so that we can actually stay connected. You know, I didn't want to make sure that we were connected, uh, disconnected by the, the thousands of miles. But I knew that we actually need to be connected by me actually making an effort, me actually pursuing her in a way that she knew that I truly loved and cared for her. And I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. You know, God is saying that I want you to seek me as well. You know, we're reminded of passages such as Matthew chapter seven, which says that you knock and you shall find, you know, seek and it shall be open to you. God is saying that I want you to be in pursuit of me just as much as I'm in pursuit of you. You know, know, what a beautiful reality where God wants us to actually be in this kind of relationship actually with him. And so as we read that verse of scripture, I wanted to have us to think about, you know, where we are possibly not as connected with God because of either our spiritual life you know, the spiritual man that is within us that needs to be fed, you know, through prayer, that needs to be fed actually through some fasting, It needs to be fed through our song of singing to God openly before him. You know, I need to actually help us to think about where's our spiritual life lacking in God when we are not filled with all of his truth, when we are not seeking his scriptures for the areas of life that we actually need to actually be fed by him. You know, not only are we supposed to be reading the scriptures as it actually relates to the issues of our own life, but also God will stretch us to know more and to have more revealed to us when we just are consistent people who actually come to his word. You know, we could be actually reading a book that we've never read before that we didn't think that had any relevance to our life. But once we actually get to it, its truth begins to speak to us in ways that we could never have imagined. In verse 24, God says that he is spirit. And those who worship him must, must, must worship him in spirit and truth. And so it's not an option for us. If you consider yourself to be a Christian, and if you consider yourself to be spiritual, and if you consider yourself to be a person who even doesn't need organized religion, but they feel that I can actually still be connected to the God in a way that is true to me. Well, I don't want to remind us today in this passage Scripture that God gives us a true measure of actually what it actually means to be spiritual because even in our world that word spiritual comes with a loaded bank you know it comes with a an understanding that some people feel to be spiritual means to just be free to just move about in a way that actually is true to their own self well god says to you and i to be spiritual that you must actually worship him both in spirit and truth not just with the freedom that actually comes from the intangible world, but also a freedom that actually is tied to the biblical truth of God. You know, tied to actually him helping us understand that uh, healing and, and wholeness comes through his word and not through chance, uh, not through sage, not, to, not through uh, feng shui, not positioning yourself in a way that makes all the stars aligned in not describing God as the universe. You know, none of those aspects that I'm describing here are found in the truth of God. And those are things that that God actually says to you to help us to understand how to stay spiritually true in him. And I make that, that comment to some of us who are Christians as well, even if you're not practicing those things, because one of the things that God's spirit and truth will actually do for us is actually give us the heart to actually share it with somebody else. The thing that you know about this Samaritan woman that she is acclaimed for is that she is the very first evangelist in the Bible. She is the very first individual who actually went out to a people and began to share God's truth of Jesus Christ with the world. And so what happens when we are true worshipers who actually connect with God in a spiritual way, who actually hear God's truth, is that we will have the capacity to now begin to speak truth to people who actually need it. It's, it's, it's almost like the completion. You know, not only has God asked us to come to the game, but he has asked us to complete the game by actually now allowing your spiritual life to meet people exactly where they are. You know, I'm reminded, as, as I was sharing over the last couple of days, what it actually means to be a fully formed, disciple in God. You know, that's an individual who has walked in the pathway not only to receive his salvation for their own self, But a fully formed disciple is the individual that God wants us to be at completion. You know, the reason why we actually are walking with God. You know, God says that he wants us to live life and live it more abundantly to be a fully formed disciple. And to be a fully formed disciple, we get to a place where we are making other disciples, where we have now been able to share with others this fullness that God desires. And the Samaritan woman is the perfect example. Because she went back to men who probably would have rejected her. She went back uh, to Samaritans who she probably wasn't sure who could understand this new truth that she was actually sharing with them. But the spirit of God was bigger than her knowledge. You know, the spirit of God was bigger than her reality. She could actually take what the uh, what she received as a true worshiper. Begin to touch the lives of others, and now they were attracted to this Jesus Christ. And that's what I help us to accomplish today, you know, even as a a Christian community called Common Bond Church. You know, as we engage in 21 days of prayer, I truly desire us to be a people who actually learn how to connect with others together. And the only way that we'll do that is, is by being spiritual people who pray together, who fast together, who actually sing songs together so that we are connected to the spiritual God, the Holy Spirit, so that we are asking him to move in our midst, in our life, so that we connect with others. And then also so that we are people who actually live by God's truth. You know, it's a combination where God desires us to not be impotent in one or the other, but also to depend on him completely in the spiritual realm, but then also to use our minds to actually hear what he says from his truth as well. And so I, I hope that, You know, our 21 days of prayer have been able to start to reignite in us, renew in us, refresh us to be a worshiper that is truly connected to God. And if you're not that way yet, we've got great examples in this passage of scripture to help us get to that next level, reminding us to see Now, where are you at? You know, I'd like to begin to ask you that question as we close so that you can see where you need to go deeper. You know, do you have impotency, what I would say, in the spiritual aspect of your life? You know, is that a part of your life that actually feels, you know, somewhat uh, low? You know, where you're not sure where you can actually hear the spirit of God, or that you're not sure that your spirit himself is truly connected with God. Well, I want to make sure that we have the answers to understand that the more that we pray, Uh, The more that we gather and actually you hear others in prayer, you know, is a way that we actually increase that prayer life. You know, it's often said that prayer is more so caught than it actually is taught. And so we actually need to be in an environment where we hear others pray, that we see others pray, that we see their spiritual life so that it begins to inflame us so that we are actually learning how to pray our own selves for what God actually desires us to do. And then also you might be in need to understand, well, you know, if I'm not, if I'm connected strong in my prayer life, and that prayer life is going, but I I still want to be connected to God in an even greater way, well, maybe it's time for me to pass some, more. You know, maybe I need to put down some of the things that are prominent in my life, some of the things that are uh, speaking to me in the sense realm where I can see and hear and feel and experience, you know, in that sense realm. Maybe I need to put some down of that so I can actually engage in a spiritual realm of God so I can actually be more connected. Or maybe you need your own soundtrack of life. You know, maybe you need to start to create some greater prayer list and be able to worship God in a time so that you can actually lift those praises to him. You know, it's just beautiful what you can hear from an individual who has been connected to the spirit of God and you hear them singing that song to you. You know, you'll be reminded that you never would have made it. If it wasn't for God himself, and he, and God is prophetically speaking to you in that kind of capacity. And so, you know, you might be an individual who is strong in that area, but you might be weak in the area of God's truth. And so we're going to start to engage, you know, over the next month of understanding God's truth, even better and talking about it and seeing its importance. And so I want to uh, tell us even today that, you know, being, uh, reminded of a strong devotional life where you know you are reading God's word on a day by day basis where the Bible actually reminds us and tells us that you know meditate on the Lord's word day and night because in it you will actually find good success you know that, that's what the scriptures actually tell us and actually that is that is part of the life of God for us actually to use his word to actually build ourselves up consistently and so i hope that has been somewhat helpful for us you know just to remind us of certain things Uh, to kind of gauge our temperature of where we're at as true worshipers of God. And I'm reminded that that as you want to think about being a true worshiper of God, that is a gift from God. You know, that is grace itself that you can't necessarily conjure. And so I'm going to lead us not also in just being able to read God's truth about it, but I'm going to finish our time by actually praying about being a true worshiper, by actually having our heart transformed and actually renewed, so that God actually allows us to really love him and desire him. You know, I'm, I'm doing that because I'm reminded, you know, that there's a, there a season in my life where God had began to speak to me deeply. And then everything about what was Christian, everything which was about God, I just began to love. You know, I began to love uh, sermons. I began to love God's word. I began to love church. I began to love prayer everything that was about it and I only happened because God spiritually gave me that gift and I want to make sure that we are receiving that gift as well by engaging God in prayer. let's prayer. Uh, dear Lord thank you so much for our time to be able to hear your word to hear your scriptures. Lord I'm praying now for us to actually to learn to be true worshipers to actually be these worshipers that you seek and that those that you desire. Lord, I pray that you give us the gift uh, today to actually have joy about coming to you to worship, coming to you to hear your word, coming to you to actually engage in the spiritual world.